You are now listening to the Fight, Fights Like a Girl, Girl podcast with Big Fridge and GQ Smooth. tell that's gq underscore sm zero o t h back with another podcast with my main friends what's up people how you feeling these days hey you know what i mean tell them where you can find you at you can find me at 48 the short at gmail.com or you can find me on facebook at lamont big fridge need em. get at me we're available baby all right all right and my name, you know, that was all IG, you feel me? So, hit me up. Uh, so, you know, first episode went well, I feel like. Uh, and I know you mentioned a couple times that you was you was locked up. So, let's, let's talk about that. Let's explore that a little little bit. So, no, I'm going to interrogate you because I ain't never been to jail. So, a lot of people want to know. About what goes on behind those walls. So, you, you ready to tackle that? Oh, not a problem. First, let me give a shout-out to all my brothers in the federal penitentiaries. And I got to give a shout-out to my brothers in Pickaway Correctional over here in uh, Orient, Ohio, man. You know, the struggle is real. So, you know that y'all, y'all in my heart, baby. Know that. Got you. Um, is there anything in particular that sparks your mind first, or you just want me to ask you some stuff? Yeah. Since I got to relive the nightmare, you might as well go ahead and drive the car, because Jesus. (laughs) I think everyone's main topic, usually, when somebody comes out is, uh, what's what's up with the the homosexual shit? Is there, Mm. is that really a thing, or is that, like, just on TV, like, a myth? Like, because I did see, I caught an episode of this show called... I want to say it was called Locked Up. It's like a documentary. And one dude in there said, jail, um, being in jail, booty is more important than food and water. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he said. I can't make this up. So, like, is that is that something real? Or? Yeah, it's absolutely real, unfortunately. That, uh, you know, and there's so many different, I wrote about this in the memoir. There are so many different facets to homosexual lifestyles inside of the joint. Like, I mean, when I first went in in 1994, it was basically from the old regime. And the penitentiary forefathers, keep in mind, man, that uh, in the penitentiary you have rules. And when you go outside those rules, it's usually bad for you. And one of the rules that I got, some of the rules that I got when you first come in is that you don't gamble on ass, meaning you don't gamble without money. You know, anytime somebody offends you, you got to take care of your business. You got to put that work in, and you got to fight, stab, whatever you got to do to keep and maintain your respect. And do not fuck with a punk. That's what they call them. You know what I'm saying? And what do you mean? What is, what? Meaning, don't be having sex with men in the joint. You understand? <laughs> because they say punks are bad luck. And so when you, I heard that, I said, oh, okay, maybe it's like a bad rabbit's foot or something like that. But it's a lot that comes with that thing. And so there's also rules that we believe that if a man is already a homosexual, you know, in his mind, 
that maybe he just needed to come to jail to bring it out because either you like guys or you don't. Mm. Either you like girls and you're a girl or you don't. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, but when I studied this inside the penitentiary, I learned that there's many layers to it. I've seen a lot of perverse shit go on inside of the joint where you got sexual predators to this day. Mm. But in 1994, everybody's ass was on the menu back then. And I'm talking about, man, yeah. Because, I mean, they would try you in ways that didn't seem so directly. Like, you know, somebody might slide up and try to befriend you. And next thing you know, he play fighting with you. Next thing you know, he got a motherfucker bent over in the shower. I mean, it's just crazy shit. Wait, so is that open? Is that blatant? Like... Yeah, then it was that blatant, and it's still blatant in a lot of spots now like that. But So y'all just, what do y'all do? Like, what would you do if you just, I guess, was showering, and that's what you're saying? Like, you just turn the other way because it's, like, not my business? No, no, like... shower's over with, you know what I'm saying? But this is the thing. <laughs> if you see a man getting violated, then you are obligated as a man to help, right? And if you see a man getting violated, he's fighting with... His whole being, you know what I'm saying? And you ain't, ain't about to put no dick in his mouth and get a suck. He's going to bite that motherfucker off. He's not He's not going to go out like that. But then when you see sexual predators expose a dude, it's a different animal. And it's disgusting. But it's just, you can't do anything about it because that's what dude wanted. And so I had to learn those dynamics coming inside the penitentiary. And, you know, the brothers would teach me like, hey, back up off that. He know dude is a predator. He hanging out with dude. He want dude to fuck him. I'm like, nah. I try to slide up on him. Like, man, you know dude is, you know, a freak, man. You know what I'm saying? You might want to back up off dude. He get him hanging out with him next to you. You know, this motherfucker got Kool-Aid on his lips. Ain't nothing you can do about it. He already wanted that type of shit. A young man is simply not going to engage in those things. But then I've seen other dynamics. Like, you got some guys who are just freak motherfuckers. You know what I'm saying? They won't fuck a dude on the street, but they'll fuck somebody in jail because they got no control of their lower self. I've seen some dudes that masculine as hell, lift all the weights in the world, and they'll let a feminine homosexual fuck them, but won't fuck with a masculine homosexual. It is so many layers to it. So they just, the forefathers put down the rule, you know what I'm saying? Whether you pitching or you catching, your ass is playing ball. It ain't no excuse for it, you know what I'm saying? And so it's best to just abide by those rules, you know, because it's hard to catch your sexuality, though, especially when you on the streets, you fucking and sucking everything you want to do and shit on the street, and then all of a sudden it's over with. And then you got to turn the fountain off, and it's difficult, but yeah, how it's do you, doable. How do you deal with not being able to have that release? Porn. How do you get porn in? What? Yeah, like, back then, you could just order that shit straight to the joint. What? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> butt man, all that shit, black with it, black video, illustrated, all them toys. Yeah, porn. You know? So what about now, though? Now you can get Playboy, and they're trying to cut all that stuff out. Now, now they're trying to control... The rape epidemic since going that used to go on in the joint. They got this thing called PREA, right? And the federal government put this program out to where, like, you can get on the phone and report sexual assaults and things like that in prison now. The dynamics is changing completely. That shit was unheard of back then. And I kind of like it, except people can put false reports on other people mm. and get, get a person locked up for some sex shit. Now that's on his name. Mm. But he didn't do nothing. He might have owed the motherfucker some money. So instead of me paying you, I just go on the phone, yeah, dude, try to stick his hand on my ass. Now your ass is in the hole under investigation. That's the unfair part about it. So, you know, it's, you know I find it to be completely unethical. Well, I, I like that aspect only because that's life now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, anybody can make a report to children's services, the police, like, you know what I mean? So, so he's giving you a little taste of that reality that you're missing out here. <laughs> but what's unfortunate is false reports. 
You know what I'm saying? And that happens. Because you got a lot of dope fiends in the joint who owe money. A lot of dudes who just owe money just trying to live and survive and try to pacify themselves, you know, with two-for-ones and things like that. And as soon as they don't want to pay, they just go ahead and write pre-on report on your ass or call it in. And shit, next thing you know, you sit up there with a freak case. Dudes looking at you like, damn, it's like that. And they know you don't get out like that. This bitch owe you some money. You know what I'm saying? It's just all bad, man. So, like, just to kind of piggyback off that, um... That aspect that you were talking about, like, with the sex in jail. Now, now, how do you get your privacy? Like, what if you want, not even, like, to masturbate or to fuck around or just, you know, privacy in general. Like, I just want to be left alone. You got a celly or right. whatever. So, if you're in a cell situation, which is totally different from being in a dorm. If you're in a situation where you're in a cell, you know, you, you and your celly will alternate. So, you know, if you work in the daytime and I don't. And while you out doing what you're doing in the daytime, I can be in the cell, give me some private time. Then when you get off work, I'm going to slide out let you get some private time. It's, you know, it's cohesion. It has to be, you know. But if you're asking like unspoken or? No, you speak about those things, you know. Okay. You talk those things out because you got to establish. Because living with another man is horrible, you know what I'm saying? It's just the worst shit on the planet. I mean, living with a woman is beautiful, but living with a man is disgusting, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Why? Because I don't mind want to smell that damn testosterone in the same goddamn hole. Man, the cell ain't big as this motherfucking room. This shit is sick. You know what I'm saying? You laying up with this motherfucking ashy ass motherfucker. You farting and shit and pissing it. Oh, hell no. It's just, ugh. <laughs> no. Goddamn it. That's just horrible. So you do the best you can. You know, you keep your shit in order. You try to stay as respectful as possible. And then you just, you know... Alternate, you know, give each other some space. Otherwise, you know, two dudes and especially two alpha males, man, you mess around, and kill each other. Cause I mean, everybody got their little proclivities, you know. And so, you know, the little quirks and things like that. You might, you know, spit in the sink. Well, I grew up spitting in the toilet. We don't spit in the sink. Small things like that can lead to a fight over time. Cause I mean, you don't want to be there no matter what. So now I got to be here with your trifling ass and shit. You got to be there with my trifling ass. And you know, it was just best to just be on a real strict. Regimen like this is the things that we can deal with. These are the things we cannot deal with. But in a dormitory situation, oh, that's bad. What if somebody's like not willing to actually like break and like give in to you know just a compromise? Right. That's when he got to get the hell up out of that cell. Somebody got to leave. <laughs> Whether it be by hook or by crook, somebody got to get the hell up out of that joint because you just can't live like that. It's disgusting. It's horrible. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's bad, man. So like. In regards to, like, the privacy thing, okay, I get it with the silly, but now what if you want, you know, phone calls? Let's do phone calls. Right. Now, now what's up? I mean, phone calls, you don't get no privacy because all phone calls are monitored. Somebody's always listening to your phone calls. So, I mean, you could speak low if you're standing next to a dude. And, you know, you try to, you learn how to block out other people's conversations. But with respect to that, if you really want some privacy, you just need to get your cell phone to join and go about your business. <laughs> Self contraband? You motherfucking right. What's the craziest contraband that you ever seen? <sighs> the craziest contraband I ever seen was this gay dude named Tracy had a self homemade dildo, and that shit was. What do you? What? How do you make that? You? He had to make it, right? Or this, did somebody else? No, he drop made it? it. This fool worked in what's called Unicor. Unicor is. Prison industry. And this unicorn in USP Islandwood, I know the homies who've been in Islandwood probably remember this too. 
he, you know, you make cheers over there, captain's cheers, professional cheers, things of that nature. So they work. I don't work prison industry. I'm against it. But he was working over there. So when they went in the cell to do a mass shakedown one time, because, you know, the Mexicans had gotten to it with some other Mexicans, they did a mass shakedown one time. One of the officers walked out, and he, this motherfucker had took some chair foam, and I don't know what he did with it, but he made it hard. And that thing was huge. <laughs> <laughs> And so the police come out with it in his hand, waving it around. We all looking out the glass doors like, oh, hell. <laughs> that shit was crazy. And I'm there, that thing was huge. I'm talking about two rulers huge. This shit was ridiculous, man. But that was the wildest shit I've seen as far as Kaja, man. And I know you would think it would be phones and drugs and knives. Yeah. And, you know what I'm saying? One motherfucker had a gun once, you know what I'm saying? Wait, what? This is ridiculous. Now, <laughs> how? Officers. All right. Officers. I mean, if you want to talk about it, let's go. Oh, shit. Yeah, you got corrupt officers bringing shit into the joint. You know what I'm saying? And I mean, you know. Yeah, but the motherfucker who brought the gun, it was like, are you serious, man? You know yeah, that's man? a whole new level. You know yeah, what I mean? They like, try to keep that gun shit with around. bullets or just yeah, regular? a 25. A 25, they tore that damn jail up. I ain't going to say what jail it was. I don't want to put the officers on blast because, you know, I don't know what their purpose was and shit, but that was some crazy shit right there. But, uh, yeah, brought a gun up in that motherfucker. That was some wild shit. The reason why, because I seen the report because of where I was working at, the report came by me. And I'm like, oh, shit, it really was a gun to this motherfucker. That's crazy. Yeah, 25 automatic. Had the pictures of it with the bullets in the clip all over the table and shit. That shit was wild. Man, how do you... What... I don't really know the appropriate questions to ask. As I've never been to jail, and never well, want to fucking go. Ones and shit, you know what I'm saying? I mean, like, how do you, how do you feel about the COs in there? Like, is it are they cool or they? I mean, I get everybody's personality is different, but for the, the most part, the way the convicts taught me is that they are all my enemies, no matter what. Even the cool ones are your enemies because at the end of the day. If they tell that motherfucker to shoot you during the riot, he's going to shoot your ass for his paycheck. So, yeah. they are enemies. Even the ones who show you respect, show you a little love, you know what I'm saying? They still your enemies at the end of the damn day. Why? Why is that to be like that? Because it's an adversarial process. My thing is I need to get back to my people, and your job is to keep me from it. And if you're keeping me from what I love, you're my enemy. But, you know what's funny about this whole situation? Uh... You said, like, there are, like, ethics to being in jail. So, ultimately, oh, yeah. there are rules in place. That's right. But, y'all there because y'all broke the rules. Yeah. That's, that's funny. Right. <laughs> so, that's like, what, what's the deal with that, then? Like, is it just, you know, people say rules are meant to be broken. So, is it just something where it's just going to be rules no matter where you go? Ain't no doubt about it. Because if you don't have some kind of, if you don't have some kind of rules and regulations to things, there's just going to be constant chaos. All right, so the thing about it is, your ass is already in a sling. All right, cool. Let's not make it worse by shitting on each other while we in here. You see what I'm saying? And that's where the ethics and the rules come in at. We keep the ethics and the rules in place so that we can make it up out of that joint. Because if nobody is calling and nobody's keeping things intact, then anything can happen. I mean, that anybody can die. Anybody can get it. How do I learn if somebody like me who's never been 
How do I learn these rules and these ethics and these codes? Like, you, you just don't know. You know, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know what to expect when walking in. That's when you ask your dumbass cousin. What if I don't have access to you? <laughs> then you, what you do is you have to conduct yourself in a certain manner. Stay to yourself. Mind your business. Don't be on no bullshit trying to actually, you know, try to prove something to somebody or nothing like that. You're going to know somebody in the joint. Somebody is going to know you no matter what. I've been in California and I know dudes from Columbus. You know what I'm saying? Somebody's going to know you in the joint. And so when older dudes see you conducting yourself, or older females, like in female joints, see you conducting yourself as somebody with a little bit of self-respect, then they'll push up on you, man, you know what I'm saying? And you guys got to be able to decipher the ones that's trying to use you, misuse you, the ones that actually want to see you be all right. Because you got a lot of dudes like me who in the joint, and that's why I be trying to tell people, people don't respect me because I was necessarily a violent dude. They respect me because I got love for my people. Once I seen the error of my ways and whatnot, I did my best to give to brothers what was given to me. You know, and so you have to be able to recognize a young brother who might be headed towards this direction. That's when you pull him up, or a young sister when you're in the joint. You pull him up and say, hey, you out of law, you know what I'm saying? You doing this wrong, this wrong, this wrong, and do this right, this right, this right. You already got the basis. This is how you conduct yourself. It's kind of like magnetism. You are what you attract, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, if you want some freak shit, you're going to attract a whole bunch of freak <laughs> niggas. You know what I'm saying? But if you want some, you know, some thorough shit, you're going to attract one or two real thorough motherfuckers. And then you start building your character up from there if you're susceptible to listen. Because there's a lot of good men in prison. There's a lot of creep motherfuckers in the joint nowadays. Don't get me wrong. But there's a lot of good dudes. Like I told my woman when I came out, I said, listen, we ain't going to make no commitments to each other right now. We fuck with each other hard, you know what I'm saying, while I'm locked up. But after doing 25 Christmases, I need you to take a look at me. And I'm going to take a look at you because you don't know what the hell you're getting coming out of these penitentiaries. These are some rotten son of bitches coming out of these penitentiaries. So I need you to take a look at it. And that's just from my personal observations. So people will help you on your way. You know, there's always a learning tree, no matter what. Even in the worst penitentiaries in America, there's some thoroughbred dudes. They might be some violent motherfuckers who don't play no goddamn games whatsoever. But if they see a young brother or sister doing what they're supposed to do or trying to do what they're supposed to do, they're going to aid in the system so they can survive. Because at the end of the game, that's what it is. To try to come out as unscathed as possible. Nobody leaves unscathed. But you try to come out as whole as you possibly can. Or even better. Or even stronger. But you don't want to come out super institutionalized either. You know what I'm saying? You don't want to be the motherfucker that's in jail on the streets. That's horrible to see too. It really is. And another thing that I I was thinking about uh, that you said was... (laughs) Um, some some Mexican group got in fight mm-hmm. with some other Hispanic group. Right. Like, how you find your clique if that's what you're gonna do? You right. just, is it just black, black? I mean, you know what I mean? Are there gangs? Like, you know, it's Crips, Bloods, oh, yeah. GDs, all kinds of things out here. So now, like, where you fit or? Oh yeah, well, yeah. See, that's the thing too. You know, what you are on the streets, you usually end up being in a joint because whatever you is on the streets, the same elements are in the penitentiary. So you like like the Mexicans, West Coast Mexicans, got the Serranos and Nothanos, the this, the that, the MAs, you know what I'm saying? You got these different cliques and this and that and the other. Some of them recruit, some of them don't. But, you know, right now, you know, everybody want to belong to something. Majority is bloods, you know. And so everybody looking to fit in. Well, there's a place for you to fit. The question is, is you going to like it or not? And, uh, you know, my best advice is just stay solo until you find, you know, your circle. Because you got a circle of dudes who, like, like, we write. We write books and shit. We do art. We do all kind of, you know, 
all type of artistic things and, you know, work to bring these works into fruition in the joint. You know, you got some dudes that's heavy into the law library. They jailhouse lawyers, and some of them are really good. Some of them really suck, too, but some of them are really <laughs> good. You know, I mean, you find your thing, and then you get off into it, for better words. Even if, you know, your thing is to come to jail and start fucking. Oh, there's plenty of that for you to get around. If you want to get high. You hang out with the dope fans, or if you want to sell dope, you know, you get this oh, back in and you, you know, know sell that's the one of my favorite things, and I'm about to ask you about it. Don't let me forget that. The mm. jail, the, the, the getting high and oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, but before I ask you about that, I just want to know, like, so pretty much, like, so you come and all that crip shit, it's still in you, blood shit, it's still in you, but it kind of dwindles down and you just kind of find... Right. Where you fit, so that doesn't matter as much. Is no, that what it is? no, it gets a lot less important. And one thing I've learned is that the lines blur. So initially, when you young, you come in, you know, you still banging. You know, a lot of suckers come in still trying to earn stripes. I don't know what the you ain't get enough on the streets. But I mean, you come in, you still bang, you still doing whatever you're doing. But it's not about just gang banging. It's about just being with your clique, repping your turf, and some shit hit the fan. You got your brothers back. Get your money if you're selling dope or whatever. Get your money. Whatever it is that you into, y'all do it on the hall, right? And then when you start getting older, you start noticing things like, out of all these damn gangs, it ain't but one, two, three, four real thorough motherfuckers out of all of them. You know what I'm saying? And so y'all four or five or whatever from these different mobs actually start to merge together and start rotating around each other. You see what I'm saying? And so now it's a sub-click within the clicks. It's the real thorough motherfuckers. Governing the not so thorough motherfuckers. You see what I'm saying? And it's a funny dynamic. Because I mean, I never thought I'd see GDs and Vice Lords hanging out like that. You know, Bloods and Crips fucking with each other like that. But you come to find that, man, at the end of the day, there ain't but so many quality people on the planet. And you best to hold on to the quality people that you find. Because I mean, at the end, oh my God, it gets bad. And you are the company that you keep at the end of the day. You know. So and then you got, you know, dudes who are actually, you know, Buzz, Chris, Vice Lords or whatever, and they veer off and they do their own thing. They still accessible by the mob in which they come from, but they ain't on no bullshit. When you go to them, you come correct because they done playing whatever kind of fuck shit games you want. You know what I'm saying? So it's crazy how that dynamic goes out because the older you get, the more you start to understand your mortality. And ain't nothing worse than being human when your ass is living in a subhuman environment. It's a bad thing. What you can embrace your humanity and start to change some things, start to rearrange it. And brothers will actually gravitate towards you because they'll be looking for that proper guidance because they see you doing the knowledge. You're starting to expand your scope of your uh, consciousness, and that helps a lot. Got you, got you. I think that's a good place to kind of end it, you know, right there. Yeah. Um, You know, we're we, we going to do probably a couple parts to this because... 25 years, you know, you can't really fit that in no 30 minutes to an hour, you know what I mean? So, we're probably going to bring y'all a couple more episodes uh, regarding just being locked up, what it's like, because I know y'all want to know. So, if you got any more questions, you know where you can find me. It's the head not to tell. It's GQ Smooth, GQ underscore SM0 OTH on IG, where they can find you at. Uh, big, my big fridge. Need them at Facebook or on Facebook or 48theshort at gmail.com. Hit me up if you got questions. Ain't no problem sharing with you. Don't be asking me no dumb shit about murders and shit like that. But, 
you got questions, shoot them all through. We'll get your answer. All right. We'll wrap up this episode and I'll tune in to the next one. It's always going to be good. We out. Peace.